Hi, and welcome to Becoming Less, an Edmontonian journey to less waste, less impact, less consumption, and less clutter. Becoming Less is brought to you by Waste Free Edmonton, and together we are dedicated to waste reduction efforts, big and small. I'm Biz, and today I am here with my buddy, Walter, who, you know, we're just kind of going to have a chat today. Hi, Biz. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. How's it going? It, I'm really good today. Yeah, today was warm. Things are good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for our listeners, you may hear a cat in the background. And you know what? Just deal with it because Waffles is amazing. And yes, his name is Waffles, which is also amazing. <laughs> and I keep telling Walter that he needs to get another cat and name it Chicken so he can have Chicken and Waffles. I would. Um it had to be like a vegetarian cat. A vegetarian cat. It's like tofurkey <laughs> and waffles. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's quite as appetizing. No. <laughs> All right. So one thing that I uh, really admire about you is that you are a really dedicated cyclist. A more dedicated cyclist than I am as I drove here to your house today and you don't even own a car. That that's right. And um I don't know how I got to be like this. I I didn't start out initially to not have a car because of like environmental reasons or because I thought I was better than everybody to ride a bike. I actually just moved to Edmonton and it was easier to just sell all our cars. At the all time. of them? How yeah, many cars oh, did you have? I had three cars and a scooter. Uh, Why? I lived in New Mexico and you can have cheap cars and you just sort of start collecting them and insurance is really cheap. So why not just have more cars? Well, as part of this podcast, there are many reasons why you would not need a million cars. <laughs> no. So after not owning a car for a little while, it became really obvious that I don't need a car. Why would I ever need a car again? And um, See, and I feel like many people in Edmonton would argue with you that half the year is cold. Half the year is really cold. And, but there's mass transit and there's car sharing. So talk about biking in the cold. Well, biking in the cold is exactly like biking during the summer, except it's cold. What about um, the roads? Because I have to tell you, I biked my, well, I attempted to bike to work earlier this week, and the roads were so slushy that I had to call my husband and get him to rescue me because I just could not do it. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. So biking in the cold is different than biking when it's hot. When it's hot, the roads don't change, right? So the roads are just always grippy, and sometimes it's warm and cold. But biking in the cold, you have different types of snow to bike in. Right. There's the really cold snow. There's like the the snow where lots of oil has piled up from different cars, and so it's kind of slushy, and it's like brown sugar, and it's hard to bike in. Yeah. That's and then, what I found is like the ice wasn't so bad. Yeah, the ice is almost better. The um, ice was better. Well, there's and then there's different kinds of ice. There's the really slick ice, and then there's the snow-packed ice, which is really grippy. And that's my right. favorite kind of ice. Right. And then there's the kind of snow where no one has shoveled, and you're trying to bike through it uh, like a foot of powder. Or oh. Foot. That's the worst kind of snow because you walk snow. through it. Because you walk through it. You have to get off your bike and push. Oh, because you just, oh, okay. You just yeah. can't bike through See, it. See, now that would have been okay, but the slush, man. I the just, slush. like, I was just. That was, yes, no, that was Tuesday, Tuesday. right? Tuesday. Tuesday was Tuesday. slushy day. Yes. Yeah. And I have fenders on my bike. I'm prepared to go through all sorts of weather. So I was going to go and get studs on my tires today, but I didn't realize that Psychologic closed as early as they did. So okay. I didn't make it there today. 
Yeah. But uh, are, are your tires studded? Uh, yeah, they have to be studded if you're going to really commit to biking year round. Okay. The studs. Okay, so I bought my tires studded. Um, I looked into studding my old tires, okay. and the difference is the studded tires come with like a winter rubber. And it's softer, and it's just oh, better okay. for the ice. Much like winter tires on right. your car. And the only it was a twenty dollar difference between studying my own because the studs are kind of expensive. Oh, when okay. You buy the ti- the titanium studs, and I have a twenty nine inch mountain bike, mm-hmm. which means I had to buy even more studs than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, buying the tires already done made more sense, and it makes a big difference if you're going to bike year round to just invest a little bit of money and not fall. Because <laughs> I would, I would gladly pay somebody a hundred dollars if I didn't fall during the winter. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, if they just followed me around, and if I was about to fall to catch me, that, that's worth the money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So maybe I will just buy another set of tires then. I wonder yeah. how. I wonder how common it is to buy studded. I think mine are seventeen-inch tires. I found that. There, you can buy studded tires in almost any size. Okay. I didn't expect to see 29-inch studded tires, but Mech carried them locally. Okay. So I'm sure somebody out there is studding tires for 17-inch. I didn't 17-inch. even think to go to Mech. Yeah. Mech carries a lot of things. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's way closer to my house, too. And they're probably open later. You could probably even bike to Mech. I could totally bike to Mech. I couldn't bike yeah. to like Logic because it's way too far away from my house. Mm-hmm. But and you ride a, a small folding bike. Yes. And I have a small folding bike. Yeah. How many bikes do you have? Three. Three. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I have my commuter bike. I have my folding bike and I have a road bike. We had a really good time riding our folding bikes around the city a couple months ago. It was a couple months ago before it was cold. Before it was cold. Yeah. That is fun. We were yeah. just bumming around on our tiny bikes. <laughs> we got ice cream. Oh, yeah. Which is a great waste-free treat because it comes in a cone and you don't need any utensils. Yeah. I love ice cream. <laughs> and I ice love ice cream. And you make so ice cream. Much. You make your own ice cream. I make a lot of ice cream. I make more ice cream than a person who lives alone should make. <laughs> well, I mean, if you have an overabundance of ice cream, I know someone who might be able to help you out with that. Oh, mm. yeah. That's a great idea. I wonder who you could uh, refer me to. <laughs> I am kind of an ice cream fiend. I was actually going to ask you um, if you would help me make ice cream because I wanted to make protein ice cream. Okay. Like if I'm going to eat as much ice cream as I do, which I it is a fair amount, almost every day do I have a small amount of ice cream. I should probably make it somewhat healthy for me. And the one thing that I tend to lack in my diet is enough protein. Yeah. I haven't made a lot of protein-based ice creams. So I like this. <laughs> this is a good adventure. Recently, I tried making pumpkin pie ice cream, which is something I hadn't thought about making. Okay. Um, So you had actual pie filling, and I learned a lot in the process. You need fat in the ice cream. Yeah, okay. Otherwise, it turns out crystally. And there's not a lot of fat in pumpkin pie filling. Mm, So, I mean, you would have to mix it with something. Did you you not mix mix it it with something? I did. I I did end up adding a lot more heavy cream than I expected. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So it was great ice cream. Kind, kind ice cream you. actually makes a pumpkin spice latte ice cream as well. Oh. Or they did last month for October. It was one of their rotating ones. And I, I think you mentioned you want to make what kind of ice cream again? I just wanted like chocolate. I just, just chocolate. You know what? I just like chocolate chunks in my ice cream. Like Smarties or chocolate oh. or Reese's or... Oh, my favorite chocolate ice cream is it has a whole pack of Oreos in it. Yeah, I don't know. I find less satisfaction with ice cream that has no chunks. Hmm. Yeah. 
bliss satisfaction with no chunk ice cream. Right. So <laughs> this is just straight ice just cream need with the nothing chunks. in it. I need I need that texture. And I'm talking about like a good ratio of Oreos to ice cream is about half and half by volume. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 See, and that would be delicious. That sounds amazing. It doesn't sound like a healthy protein. It doesn't sound like a very healthy of any kind. Treat. But uh, but matcha would be good. And you could mix that with like a vanilla protein. And so, well, matcha, you could do vanilla whey or you could do hemp protein. Oh, hemp protein. Because hemp already has that kind of grassy flavor that matcha has. Mm. So it would probably blend really well. And I've done a matcha ice cream before. Mm -hmm. It turns out really nice. So yeah, any way that I can make my ice cream habit create less garbage. I don't know if this is actually going to do it because I guess you have to buy the milk. And they sell milk in glass containers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's talk about that. Because you're the one who told me about that. I just found out about this. So that is at Lush Lane? Lush Lane has, I don't know, some kind of deal with this farm. Oh, is it a farm? What do they call a dairy producing place? It's still a farm. It's still a farm. Yeah. Okay. A dairy? Dairy farm. Oh, a dairy farm. <laughs> <laughs> Where does dairy come from? <laughs> we all need to be a little more connected to our food, I think. <laughs> okay, I think so. So they have a deal where you pay a deposit on a glass bottle and you can get milk in a glass bottle. And the only bit that's non-recyclable is the little plastic seal that you break so that you know you're the only one drinking your milk. Right. Which is the same thing with um, bucha. Because we get bucha in a refill and you have to break the little plastic shrink wrap seal every time. But everything else is just reused. That's perfect. Yeah. I feel a lot better uh, just buying it in a glass container. It just feels better. Like you're buying a higher quality milk when you pour out of a glass container. (laughs) And I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, I guess the lack of leaching chemicals from the plastic probably helped. Yeah. yeah. They, they did a really good job with this glass bottle. It's so satisfying to pour from. Nice. Yeah. So so we can make ice cream from reusable glass bottle milk. Yeah. Oh, nice. And it'll have protein in it to make it sort of healthy. <laughs> You're going to need all that protein to keep pedaling through that keep powder. biking. Right. I was hoping to get my bike kind of suited up today, but I guess it'll just have to wait. Yeah. Other things you have to consider in the winter is you have to have better lights. Yeah. My light got stolen. Oh. The... My front light got stolen. Oh. It's sad. Yeah. So I have to get a new one. And I was thinking I would just get a uh, headlamp. That way it doesn't stay on my bike. Hmm. And I can just take it with me and there's no risk of anyone stealing it because it's not left behind when I lock my bike up. I, it's really a problem that people steal things off the bikes. Yeah. I don't really. <sighs> Wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where, you know, people just didn't take things that didn't belong to them that would be nice that would be nice <laughs> yeah i've had so many bike lights stolen from my bicycle yeah that's why i was thinking a headlamp would really probably save that a little bit and so i i had also bought a rear red flashy light yeah it was so fancy of my bike yeah it broke it was made of cheap plastic and i still haven't fixed it did you figure out how you were going to fix it no 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 is it fixable yes it's right over there on my table because you were just gonna put like a twist like a zip tie or something to hold it on right yeah yeah as i inspected it more it was just more unfixable oh oh dear okay yeah so i like that you fix things plastic and other things happen to break when it's cold so you i guess you have to get good at doing Mm -hmm. a little bit of do it yourself yeah knowing some some basic maintenance on your bike is probably good too i know that when you bike in the winter you need to oil your chain a lot more oh a lot more a lot more like every week i oil it like every other day oh really yeah just a little bit 
just to keep the the ice from forming in your chain because that mm. really slows you down. No doubt. Okay. Yeah, I oh. need to to buck up on that too. I guess. And one thing I liked so far about this winter is last year they used sodium chloride. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, the pickle juice or whatever. Pickle juice. Yeah, they used that <laughs> the on the brine. roads. The brine. Yeah. And I had to change my pedals this year. And we could not get the pedals off. It took a, a mechanical engineer at our company to figure out how to how to break the pedals. And they had like salted and started rusting in place. Oh, no. Okay. This must be from the salt last year. So can you like do something like preventative to try to protect it from... I was thinking I would just maintain the pedals more often. Like just break the, um, the pedal loose once in a while. But this year, they don't seem to be salting the bike lanes at all. Yeah, I haven't, they have I haven't noticed anything. I was wondering about that, too, if um, if they were going to do the brine thing this year. But I think they decided not to. So I live right next to the bike lane. Yeah. I hear butter. them at like 1 or 2 a.m. And they clean it almost every day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's, I, that's really nice. It has a little hydraulic brush thing. There are no bike lanes between my work and my home. None. Zero. So do you tend to ride more on the sidewalk? On my way to work, I am on the road, except for where there's like a path to kind of cut across somewhere. So there's like, I guess there's kind of a bike lane between 111 and 107. Do you know that bike lane? It goes straight north and south. And, and then, I, it, and then, it, and then oh. it starts going behind uh, Oliver Square. I do. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. bike to your house. Right. In fact, that's almost the only way I've been to your house. Anyway, so do take that path a little bit just between 107 and 111. Okay. And other than that, there is a path that cuts across Airway Park. And besides those two spots, I'm on the road. Okay. How are you finding the traffic treating you in the winter? Well, I haven't really had to deal with it a whole lot, partly because... You got rescued. I got rescued the one time. And then there's been a few times where I've, like today, where I've taken the car because I had a bunch of running around to do and... It's just it's dark and it's scary and, and I'm trying but I'm I'm new to this. Yeah. I'm used to biking in Nanaimo where it's not really a problem. <laughs> biking here so far the winter like I bike ten kilometers just to get to work and I find that there's less shoulder in the winter. Yeah, of course, of course there would be, right? So it can be a lot scarier when you try to go into the shoulder to avoid like a really big truck who's not going to move over for you. Yeah, and that's ten kilometers each way. That's right. My yeah. my ride is just under five. That's still a long way. It's yeah, it's, it's a comfortable amount, especially in the summertime when it's faster than driving half the time, yeah. depending on whether you get stuck behind an LRT or not. I got stuck <laughs> behind a train tonight for like 20 minutes. <laughs> on your bike? Yeah. Oh, cross... it happens to cyclists too. It does. <laughs> but it's worse. I don't know if it's worse for a cyclist to sit there in the cold and wait. But... Yeah. I find that I've, I'm cold hasn't been an issue. Okay. Yeah. I have been able to stay warm. I got myself a really nice balaclava that's like neoprene or something. I My balaclava is mildly built in. Oh, your beard. <laughs> Which is like so much smaller than it used to be. Yeah. I used to be the crazy person um, who had like a really big bushy beard. Like, now you're like just the crazy person who has a normal size beard. Yeah it, yeah, it feels so much nicer. <laughs> Does it feel There's nicer? There's less strain on my neck now from all the hair gone. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it was it was really funny when I saw you and I, I like almost didn't recognize you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I could not recognize myself in the mirror. That much change. Like was, this is the first time I clean shaven as an adult. 
Maybe oh. since I was 20. Wow. Oh, I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah, I had not cause... seen my full face in okay. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. I was like, who is this person? I don't even know you. <laughs> I didn't know I had wrinkles on my face from smiling. That's a good thing. That's I mean, if you're going to get wrinkles, at least from smiling. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to see them. They're there. That's fine. Yeah. I have been unemployed for a little while, and then I got a job. And somewhere in the middle, I decided I needed to drink more coffee from home. And places were doing to go. Like, I get my coffee to go. And they mm-hmm. just weren't doing reusable cups. And I just decided I would get an espresso machine. Right. To just make my own coffee. Then I'll save money. And now I drink twice as much espresso. <laughs> and I'm saving no money. How are you saving no money? Because I'm making up for it by drinking more. That much more? Okay. So I'm, I'm probably still saving I think, money. I think you're still saving money. Because I'm pretty sure that at-home coffee is less than half the price of going out for coffee. Until you buy milk in a glass jar. But you only have to pay the the jar price once it's unless true. you're buying extra jars because your mom thinks they're cool. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll have to do the math and see if I'm saving money. I don't know if you want to do that. Maybe you just shouldn't You shouldn't know. No, I shouldn't know. You're just better off not knowing. It's fine. Sometimes we make sacrifices to reduce our waste. Yeah. And sometimes those sacrifices are fiscal. <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely reducing my waste drinking coffee at home. And it's higher quality coffee. Is it? Oh, yeah. I can afford to go buy the bougiest coffee. Oh, bougie coffee. Bougie coffee. And then that $20 bag will last me a month. Nice. So it's not too bad. Yeah, I'm I'm not a cheap coffee drinker either. No. I know. I'm like, $14 or less per pound. Yes, score. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> How do we transition from coffee to earwax? We I don't. don't know, <laughs> but I think that was our segue right there. Okay, so okay. before everyone gets really confused and disturbed and starts turning up, why are we going to earwax? Okay, so I've been trying to minimize the kinds of things I buy that are disposable. And paper towels are almost out. There's still some need in my life for paper towels um, mm-hmm. because I don't necessarily have access to a washing machine all the time. And cleaning bike chains... Um, sometimes requires a paper towel to like keep yourself cleaner oh, than I normal. I didn't realize you didn't have washer dryer here. I do. I only do use it once a week or so. It's downstairs and it's shared. It's in like oh, a okay. shared facility. Okay, okay. So I don't have access to just throwing things in whenever I want. Gotcha. So if the cat throws up, it, it's going to be a paper towel. Mm. And I don't know what else to do with that. You know, actually, I use toilet paper to clean up the oh. cat issues. That's a good idea. Because I put it in the toilet and flush it. I've gone, since COVID started, I've gone through two rolls of paper towels. So that's since March. I haven't owned paper towels for like six or seven years. Wow. Yeah. I have old t-shirts that I use for rags and reusable tissues. What are you? Okay. What are reusable tissues? I'm thinking like Kleenex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's not so bad. Uh, And yeah. I don't know what else, like the cat vomit I use toilet paper just because I can flush it and that's fine with me. Oh, yeah. don't even do that. This goes right in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I just, I, the less I can create trash, the less I'd have to come up with containers for it because you have to use a bag. But what I use for my garbage bags are my cat food bags and my flower bags. 
Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. All of my garbage fits into those bags and then they get thrown out. Because yeah. they're going to get thrown out anyway. I think you and I are similar as we both have like one bag a month for trash service. Yeah. it's not, And it's, it's like a kitchen size bag. It, yeah. That's right. I don't know why I pay so much for somebody to take away my trash well, once a month. Do you? Is it mandatory? Like, can you just not and then go take your garbage out less often somewhere manually yourself? I don't know if you can discontinue trash service. Yeah. What would you that do? might be worthwhile. Like, if you and... Just save up for six months and s- subscribe for a month? <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, if you and a neighbor didn't create that much garbage, and then you could split the garbage cost. Oh, that's a great idea. That, that would be motivating maybe for other people as well to reduce their trash usage. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, personally, I think if everyone just got to live with their whatever garbage they had for six months, they might be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't make this much garbage. Oh, yeah. But right? you just put it somewhere, forget that it exists, and let someone else deal with it. It's very easy to create a lot of garbage. Yeah, it is. Especially when, like, out of sight, out of mind, right? Right. Yeah. And I know, like... I live in a fourplex, and between our four units, there's probably eight black garbage bags a week. Okay. And per week. Per week. So, per week. Okay. And you're not producing that much garbage. And I am only producing, like, one kitchen bag every three weeks, maybe? What goes in the garbage bags? Like, what goes like, in their garbage bags? Yeah. Is it just, like, unfolded boxes? I don't know, because it's black, and I don't go digging through their garbage, oh, okay. but... But if we we'll speculated, sometimes person... sometimes homeless people come and uh, and rip the bags open to see if there's anything useful. I guess cans and bottles or food or whatever. I don't know. But every once in a while, somebody will come and like slash open the bags, and then there's garbage everywhere. And one time, I went out there and there was a slashed bag, and it was full of clothes, like perfectly good clothes. Oh wow! So I put it in my trunk and took it to Value Village. <laughs> Because I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, they they weren't smelly or anything. Like, I pulled them out, and they were perfectly good, not stained, not old and worn, not smelly or anything clothes. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why are they just throwing this out? It's bonkers. That is bonkers. What else can you do with used clothes these days? I read in the you news. You can buy less clothes. You can buy less clothes. You can buy less clothes. Will everybody buy less clothes? Well, I don't know. If you can just throw out your clothes, you clearly have an overabundance and just don't need to buy that much. Now, I know you've been looking for like uses for scraps of fabric and used clothes. And did you see in the news that H&M is going to be trying to reuse some of the textiles to make new clothes? I did. And I know H&M has been accepting textiles for some time now. Uh, there was some something about like an actual machine being brought into the stores themselves, or is it like a central location? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm googling it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, but it just says image not found. This is on H&M's website. Okay, okay. H&M will let people convert clothes into new ones at oh at a specific Stockholm store. There we oh. go. Let's see. So in Sweden. That's right. So that's still kind of not in our backyard. Not to mention that H&M is kind of like the epitome of fast fashion. No, it it is the epitome of fast fashion. But this is just maybe the start of recycling something. So maybe... Yeah, like I've actually looked into 
places that do exactly that with the the machines that shred the fibers so that they can be spun back into threads to be turned back into fi- like fabric. And it's not easy to find. And when you do find it, they're like, well, we could take your textiles, but we're not going to give you anything for it. So you have to upfront the cost, even though we're getting the materials out of it. <laughs> anyway, I just I haven't found any good solution for that. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this is because H&Ms are everywhere and then people can go and drop off their clothes. I just think we need to stop buying so many clothes in the first place. Yeah. And buy quality clothes so that they last longer. I hope that good things come out of the pandemic. Like me wearing the same exact outfit every day and no one judging me for it (laughs) is a good thing to come out of fast fashion. (laughs) I mean, I'm wearing wearing my jeans that uh, I have repaired over and over and over again. And I see another hole in them. That's exciting. I think they might just be dying. You know what I'm wearing right now? The jeans, the the pants that I fixed for you? Yeah. Nice. Oh, these are amazing. You did a, an amazing job. The, the, okay, the butt blew out on these pants because I read my bike a lot. And yeah. I had worn out the fabric <laughs> on the seat. And the the stitching that you did is better than what they originally were. <laughs> so. I mean, it's it's not quite, a, it's not flawless aesthetically by any means but i'm glad they're holding up for you (laughs) but they're really good thanks yay okay so we had kind of transitioned from coffee to earwax and i we didn't really talk about earwax we just talked about disposable things oh okay so let's go back to that because i mentioned people are really confused (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of reducing like consumables and q-tips are the next kind of thing i guess Mm-hmm. That people are trying to reduce. So you can buy these plastic, like ear scrapey earwax things. So you don't have to buy a new Q or get a new Q tip every single time. Plastic. Okay. So it's I've plastic. heard of the, I've heard of the plastic ones, and I'm kind of like, mm, how many times do you have to use that reusable plastic Q tip to counteract the paper and cotton Q tips? that people use all the time yeah but in like western cultures we have to use plastic but in asian cultures they already have like bamboo reusable ear wax scraping tools the the way you had described these to me they're like tiny long spoons yeah they're like tiny long spoons and they're just shaped at the end so it's not painful and you can just scrape the earwax out of your ear i think this has to do with a genetic thing that People with Asian descent have wet earwax and people with Western descent have dry earwax. So it works easier for them than it does when you have dry earwax. Oh, okay. It's a random fact. Random facts that (laughs) there's a gene for having dry or wet earwax. Huh. The more you know. Yeah. I I don't know. I haven't gone away from Q-tips because I just haven't. Is this going to be similar? I haven't been convinced. To the, the, the reusable straw where you had to use the straw hundreds and hundreds of times to right. just afford the cost of making the straw in the first place. Right. And it's just better not to use a straw unless like you have some reason that you need a straw in your life. Right. I don't know of any reason except for maybe old people who can't like bend over to use a straw or they can't pick up the cup and they prefer to use a straw. 
Yeah, I, I don't actually know what the um, conditions behind straw necessity is, but I, I'm sure that there are people who very much do need those, but they're just so prevalent and common and everywhere. But yeah, and, and I do have reusable straws at home just because... They, are well, they given to you? Well, some that, of them I have been. I think that's how a lot of straws make it out into the world. Some of them have been given to me as like, a, hey... You're environmentally friendly. Here is a reusable gift. Well, and I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, it's it's good, but it's not. Especially since I have a few straws that kind of came with drink cups, hmm. right? So I have cold like, cup. The 1980s was doing reusable straws right. Like they looked like glasses. They were fun. Like, do you remember? Oh, you're those? talking about like silly straws. Silly straws. The original reusable straw, right? Yeah, and you know, my mom probably still has the original ones I had when I was a kid. <laughs> Were they glasses shaped? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could wear them. We didn't have any glasses shaped ones, but I do remember like the big squiggly ones that. But it took forever for the liquid to get to your mouth. <laughs> I can't imagine what it was like to clean them. I was a kid. I didn't have to deal with the oh, aftercare. I never, I never even thought about that. Someone, That's disgusting. <laughs> like, what happened? Oh. Like, how much water did it take to like put that water? Did someone ever come up with an attachment for the faucet to clean straws? And you'd be straws? like a straw snake. You'd have to snake your straws. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this tiny little plumbing snake. <laughs> we should have been around in the 80s to fix <laughs> reusable straws then. I don't know. I do remember like sucking on the straws and being like this takes forever yeah this is but it i mean was it was so like fun. cool to watch it it was and it, it was fun like the first few times but then the novelty wore off and it was just like no i want to actually drink my drink faster than this so do you think if we made all straws mandatory to be silly straws people would just say i'm just not going to use a straw solving the problem once and for all <laughs> I mean, Once if you're and for going, all. <laughs> if you're going to make some sort of mandatory law about straws, do you really think that's the one to go with? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> this, this is why I'm not in politics. <laughs> I demand sillier straws. <laughs> if Walter was king. <laughs> sillier straw in all the land. <laughs> okay, well... We've probably rambled on long enough. I think we should do wine, cheese, and dessert. And you are going to be the first guest to be able to do a wine, cheese, and dessert. Oh, this is so exciting. Do you want to go first? Okay. Yes. Okay. My wine for the week is people throwing out reusable masks or just masks in general. And I understand we need to use them. But now that it's winter, they're not just sitting on the ground as trash. They're frozen to the ground in this trash, and they're getting stuck in the snow. And they will remain there frozen. And as a cyclist, I see all the trash that's on the ground, and there's a lot of it. Oh, yeah. Every spring we have lots, and this spring we're probably just going to see a whole bunch of masks as the snow melts. Yeah. And yeah, no doubt. Maybe there's going to be areas where the snow doesn't melt, like glacial areas, and this will be the strange layer of masks <laughs> in the glacier that they have to dig through in a thousand years. When archaeologists are digging through the ice layer. <laughs> oh, this, oh, this must have been 2020. <laughs> Best year on record. For some, it, it'll be a good marker for when 2020 exists. I guess so. Yeah. 
in a terrible way. Anyway, okay. What's your cheese? My cheese is brie. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No. Okay. My cheese is making ricotta from scratch using the milk that I've got in a glass jar. And I'm excited to do it because I love making pasta and I'm going to make the best cheese that I can make out of this. And then I'm going to make ravioli with it. And it's going to be so good. And that's going to be my cheese. It's actual cheese. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> awesome. And the dessert for the week? Uh-huh. Ooh, we're going to make some kind of protein-based matcha ice cream. Yeah. I think I'm taking these a little too literal. Uh, that's okay. But it's good. It's good. It's good. I like all these. Okay. So my wine is that I didn't get to finish my garden boxes before the snow came. And so all of my little chunks of pallets are just under this giant pile of snow. (laughs) And I'm sure that my husband is not very impressed that there's still a pile of pallets in our backyard. (laughs) But Halloween costumes took priority and I had to work on those. Then the snow came. Those were amazing costumes, by the way. Which you helped me make. You helped me make the swords. The swords were so cool. The swords were so cool. I want to make six foot swords again. It was awesome. You have more boards. I do. I have some boards that you left from pallets right outside in oh, the snow. Oh, that's right. There's that too. You're leaving pallets everywhere, Biz. Oh, pallets everywhere. Okay. My cheese is, what did the snowman do when he got angry? What? He had a meltdown. <laughs> that's good cheese. <laughs> uh, my dessert for this snowy season that it has now become is that I was able to borrow a snow shovel from my upstairs neighbor and so we take turns shoveling the walk and we don't need two shovels to do that we just share resources that's good i know we share the lawnmower we share the weed whacker we just we don't both need our own things in order to do the stuff that we do in our yards it's amazing i would love to see more of that right yeah yeah have you ever heard of the good neighbor I have not heard of this neighbor. No, it's an app for resource sharing. So you can go on there and be like, hey, I need this very specific tool. Does anyone in the nearby vicinity own this tool that I'm going to need once and once only? Okay. And then you can borrow it. Is it limited to outdoor tools? It's tool focused, but there's like I rented out mostly power tools and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I did rent out my canopy tent to someone who wanted it for like a family event for the weekend. That's so they're, really cool. Yeah, and I have I have sewing machine on there too because I have a lot of extra sewing machines so that I'm willing to rent out to people. Wow. And yeah, it's I, really cool. I can't believe you have extra sewing machines during the pandemic. I, this is amazing. I, it's not like they weren't there before the pandemic. <laughs> they didn't get acquired. No, that's not true. Did any of them get acquired during the pandemic? Oh, I forgot to bring those two home today. I was going to get two more today, and I forgot. You were going to get two more sewing machines. Yeah. Because I have the ability to fix them, because, you know, that's what I do for a living. Oh, is that your and superpower? And so, if people, basically, if people bring me dead sewing machines, I can often revive them. Wow. So What is the happen. oldest sewing machine you've ever fixed? Probably like 150 years old. Really? Yeah. And it still runs? Oh, yeah. Well, the, the ones from 150 years ago will never stop running because there's nothing stopping them from running. They're just all metal and mechanical. 
So really, as long as there's some sort of energy source, which could be as much as like a foot treadle. Wow. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a motor or a hand crank. Some of them are hand crank. It's impressive. They just keep, keep going. That old running. <laughs> there's no reason for them to ever stop. That's amazing. It is amazing. I think it's amazing. Anyway, I think that's about, that's about it. So thank you all so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at becominglesspod at gmail.com. I also encourage you to follow us on Instagram at becominglesspod or go to becominglesspod.podbean.com for all the ways to connect and listen. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you'd give us a five-star review because it really helps the show out. Until next time, we can all be a little less than we were yesterday. Hot chocolate's really good. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome.